This presentation, this is the second of four videos that we shot on this trip to Fountain Fort Carson High School in Colorado, in Colorado Springs. This was a great trip. I want to say spring of 21, um, went out and visited Jake Novotny here and, and really just enjoyed the things that he presented. You know, he was a college coach for many years. Uh, a great trip for me personally with my son and my dad um, and got some great content here. I hope you enjoy this one. If you want to see this or any more that he's done uh, or any of our other presentations, check us out at clinic.chiefpigskin.com. Hi, I'm Jake Novotny. I'm the head football coach at Fountain Fort Carson High School. We are a couple minutes south of Colorado Springs in Colorado, and uh, we are a top 4A, 5A program in terms of population. We play at the highest classification as uh, in the state of Colorado allows. Then we'll be talking about the four-quarter process to off-season programming, and this is, you know, not just programming in terms of, of weights and, and those things. Those are certainly a part of it, but it's going to be kind of having a plan in place. It's more of the administrative part of, of developing players and coaches, really from the end of one season to the start of the next season and what that entails. And so we, we talk about it being a four-quarter process, as, as many have out there kind of taken from Nick Saban, four-quarter program, those types of things. But we have a four-quarter process to our off-season development. But my background, uh, prior to me being the head coach Fountain Fort Carson High School, I was at CSU Pueblo uh, from 2012 to 2016. As a graduate assistant, coach safeties, tight ends, special teams coordinator, part of the 2014 national championships uh, uh, team. I was at Augustana College in uh, Quad Cities for a little bit, and then uh, was at Heritage High School for uh, four or five years um, here in, in, in Colorado uh, as a C-team coach. Uh, JV coach, and then worked my way up to varsity linebackers, and um, you know was was again a part of, of the 2009 4A state championship. I say all that to say that I have a lot of background in, in various different ways of doing things for off-season programming and, and different ways of looking at it from all different types of levels and what you're trying to accomplish. <clears throat> so I always like to start off with the uniqueness here at Fountain Fort Carson High School. Um, our school population is is again seven, 1750 to 2000 students. Um, again, we play in the 4A to 5A classification, and um, something that's really unique to our school, there's not many schools like this out here, but uh, you know, there are a few across the country. We're, we're a school district that's partnered with the U.S. Army base, okay? Uh, Fort Carson Army base is less than 10 miles away. We have 60 to 70 percent uh, student population identified as a military, military child, um, which means there's a lot of transient students um, that come in and, and result in a high turnover both in and out of our program. Um, and they can come at any point during the year. They, they can, you know, come you know, start of the season. I've had kids move out in the middle of the season. And so it becomes a challenge. And so uh, with that, there's, there's a variety of skill sets and, 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 and knowledge and background of our athletes. Again, they all come from different areas of the country. And so where they're coming from and, and where their development's been can be, you know, all over the place. Uh, our program, again, we have 125 to 150 football players in the program, and that's 9th through 12th, and, and we, do, we do carry three levels, and we're, we're proud of that. And I know the pandemic knocked out a lot of story programs, uh, you know, JV programs, and, and, and those types of things. So um, one of our, you know, we have five kind of guiding principles to the offseason now that you know our, our uniqueness of our, of our program. Um, number one, I tell all of our coaches this when we're going into the offseason, when we're going into summertime, we're going into springtime, all of the guys that choose to be football 
players for us. They're, they're our players, okay? No matter where they came from, where they may potentially go, okay, we're going to coach them the same way because they deserve that because they're here in our program. Um, and I truly believe that. You know, a lot of guys might get frustrated that, hey, we're developing this kid to, to go on to his next high school. Then develop him the best way possible so they can say, man, they coach kids at, at a high level at Fountain Fort Carson High School. And so we're, we're going to assume they're our players until they're not. Um, we're going to instill our program culture, our expectations, our values, our schemes, our skills, okay, into our players that are non-transient, meaning the ones that live in town that are not military, okay, um, or they've stayed, arranged to stay until graduation. These are going to be what we call the carriers of our culture because they're not going to leave. They're going to be here. They're the foundation. Okay? So the ones that we know aren't military or the ones that we know aren't going to leave, we're going to make sure that they really have a deep understanding of our culture. Right? Um, and, and then really they're going to be the ones that onboard the newcomers right? um, and, and school them up because I believe a player-led locker room, just like anybody else, is, is going to be the strongest one. Okay? We're going to build and grow a healthy feeder system through community engagement, both in our military and non-military populations, right? And that's a really important distinction. You know, we have a military population of, of, of kids that are on base, that are on post at Fort Carson, okay? Uh, we have a military population that are not. They're in town, right? and that's a unique thing. So we're going to make sure we establish feeder opportunities for both under the same umbrella, okay? Um, we're going to create multiple access and entry points for kids into our program throughout the year, and I really believe that. Okay, it, you know, when I was a college coach, you could, you could have your team in January and you had that team all the way through the end of the year. Okay, at this level, and really at a lot of high schools, you know, nowadays, especially with the way things have changed in the last couple of years, you've got to have multiple entry and access points. Kids should be able to come into your program and, and be able to get involved quickly and get coached up quickly, get schooled up quickly about the culture and the skill set, and they should be able to leave your program without there being such a, a, a big um, learning curve either way, right? And, and I, I'm talking to a lot of the people that have multiple sport athletes out there because we always see that, right? We'll have a kid that's with us all you know, winter and then leaves to go run track or play baseball, right? What do we have set up for that kid to be successful when he re-enters our program and when he exits our program to go be a part of, of another sport, okay? And lastly, we need to be okay with the fact that uh, students will leave, right? And we have that, ex, you know, that, that uniqueness here at Fountain Fort Carson, but really anywhere nowadays in public school, you've got to be okay that, that students might leave. You know, we have that, you know, in the college level now, the transport, guys might leave. Our goal is to not, we don't want them to leave. Our goal is to keep them and retain them, right? But the fact is, is they may leave, and we've got to know that we've done everything in our power to build them as young men, athletically, academically, and socially in our program, okay? And we need to create a lasting impact for however long they're here, and that's really the why to, to our coaching, okay? And I really believe that that's got to be the center of what you're doing, okay? And so these five principles or these five things or ethos, however you want to look at it, really guide to how we program our off-season here at Fountain Fort Carson High School, okay? So why is an off-season program uh, and why is off-season programming important? We all know being in the weight room, doing those things are important, but really... In football, and, and specifically in Colorado, some states might be different. You know, our season is only four to five months long where we're just doing football, okay? Our off-season is seven to eight months long, okay? And, and obviously that carries a lot of different things happening in those seven to eight months. But we will be in the off-season with our kids more than we will be in-season with them, 
Okay? Even if you're a program that's winning state championship into December every year, you're going to be with your kids in the off-season more than you will be with them in-season. Okay? And so your program and your culture all right, are 24-7, 365 days a year project. Okay? You must constantly be building and improving and refining it all the time. You're going to have different challenges year to year. And in a place like here at Fountain Fort Carson where we have a high turnover rate of kids from, year, uh, you know, from one season to the next, Okay, we got to always be finding ways to, to, to do things. We got to have staples that never leave our program, but we also got to have flexibility in, in things that we do to grab the, the kids that are in our program at the time. Okay, and you know, to me, your culture and your off-season programming, right? Somebody told me this one time, it's like shaving. You, do, you don't do it one day, you're going you're gonna to notice, okay? And so you want to always be working on that, okay? I really believe I was a Division II coach before I was here, and it was very similar in that every year is a new year. It's a new team, okay? You have new players. You have to reestablish the culture. You're going to have a new locker room culture. You have to be able to uh, have ways to get that team on the track you want it to be on. There's gonna be new vision and new goals based on past success, based on the kids you have, those types of things. You may have new coaches. You know, I've been pretty lucky that I have not had a, a high turnover of coaches on our staff. A lot of the guys that are with me now have been with me since year one or, or year two at the, at, the, at the earliest. And so that's been one stable thing for our kids is that our co coaching staff has not turned over. But there are some programs where you're gonna have new coaches year in and year out. Okay? And you must have to plan with the end in mind. We've all talked about that. Many of you out there listening are, are uh, teachers, right? Plan with the end in mind. So you want to have a progressive approach. It needs to be step by step. And the goal needs to be prepared physically, mentally, and culturally, and competitively when the season starts. And that's really our off-season goal and plan. Okay? So what are our particular goals for our program in the off-season? And it's really two categories. We have players and we have coaches. All right. So for the players, I want to manufacture as much competition as I can. I tell the kids this all the time. We aren't basketball, we aren't baseball. I don't get to play 50 million games with you between now and the next season, okay? We have 10 games a year. We might get some seven on seven, we might get some uh, things here and there, but it's not real football. So I don't get that with you. I have and some things you'll see here. We, we have certain times of year where we can do some football-oriented things, but we're gonna play 10 games a year guaranteed, hopefully more, okay? And so I don't, I'm not, for me, I want to, Try to incorporate competition in the weight room, on the field, okay, in anything that we do, okay. We, heck, we had a, a, a snow, a, a late start snow day two weeks ago, and we didn't have enough time to get our lift in, and so we went in and we played knockout and <laughs> to see who the, the best knockout guy was in our weights class, right? Some type of competitive environment all the time, right? You want to build accountability. You want kids to feel like it's important to be at something. Okay, and, and they don't want to miss, and if they do, they're going to not only have coaches, but they're going to have players questioning, confronting, and demanding them to be there. Okay, all right? We want to develop character and leadership. That is the center of our program. I've always believed that's the center of why we coach. I believe that's the center of our program. We are a character-first program. I know a lot of people say that. I know a lot of people um, want to do that, but when it comes time to really do that, are you doing those things, all right? So we're going to develop leaders. We're going to develop men of high character. We want to develop mental and physical toughness in the players. And then, obviously, we want to become better football players, but that's last, all right? <clears throat> and how do we do that? We do that through our strength program, and we do that through our football and skill development, all right? For our coaches in the offseason, I want to self-scout, and I want to analyze. What did we do well? Where do we need to improve? What do they do well, and what do they need to improve? Those are, those are also two kind of separate things. Develop professionally, okay? Clinics, college visits, et cetera, we're going to go to those things, all right? We're going to, we're going to try to 
locate those different avenues where guys can develop in the way that they want to, all right? I want to know what we should add to our program, what schemes, what culture things. I want that to come from them on, on their research, right? And then I want to develop our young coaches. My goal is to try and promote within my staff as much as possible. That doesn't always happen. Guys may not be ready, but I want to feel like I have a guy in line in case somebody leaves our staff. So our four-quarter process looks like this, okay? Quarter one, end of the season to January. Quarter two, February to March. Quarter three, April to May. Quarter four, June to August. Now I'll tell you, some of these quarters or some of these phases are not as heavy as others, and some of them have a lot of them built, a lot of things built into them. It just depends on where we're at in the year, given where where uh, you are leading up to your season and, and where you're at in terms of if you're at the high school level, college level, or you're at certain states that have spring ball or don't have spring ball, okay? So quarter one, end of the season to January, all right? So our quarter one goals, all right? Season ends, first thing is we wanna put an end to the season. We wanna banquet, we wanna honor our seniors, we wanna do those things, okay? We wanna have end of the season awards, we wanna make sure stats are in, okay, all that, all right? We wanna sit down, I sit down, we're lucky to have a strength coach here. I know a lot of high schools don't. We're lucky to have one here, at least in the state of Colorado. Uh, we're one of the few to, to do that. So I sit down with our strength coach and we talk about what our weight room culture was like throughout the year, what needs to change, and we start developing what that looks like, okay? And then in January time, really at the end of, of the season, we don't do a lot of, of, of weight stuff. Um, you know, season ends, usually the last couple of years have been playing deep in the playoffs. Season ends, we only got a few weeks until Christmas break, and so, you know, I either let the kids have a study hall or they'll come and help me do some inventory and stuff in the, in the coach's office uh, or in the equipment room, um, okay? But I, I usually kind of lay off of them during that time frame. All right, when I talk about strength conditioning, in the hypertrophy phase and nutrition education, I'm talking about in January when we come back from, from uh, New Year's and, and Christmas break, all right? Um, and then we also try to begin the ultimate teammate program where we're looking at responsibility, accountability, and commitment, okay? And we do that different ways. Some years we, we heavily do that. Some years we, we do um, bits and pieces of it. Some years we don't do it till later in the summer, okay? But that's, that's something that I'll talk about here later that we look at doing, all right? And, and, that, and that's just basically a character development program that we try to incorporate, all right? And that's what we try to do as a team. As, as, for the players individually, I have senior exit interviews. I do that. That's very important to me. Okay. Um, the last couple of years with the pandemic, it's been really hard to do that because I couldn't do anything face to face. So we've had to do some get creative. Um, and, and one year we didn't even get to do it because of, of, of the of pandemic. So it's been a few years since we've had a chance to do that. But um, the senior exit interviews are really important to me, and, and it's an opportunity for us to really get some good feedback. And I'll talk about what we do with that here later. Obviously our seniors getting recruited, we try to look at, at that and we try to uh, help those guys as much as possible if they haven't signed yet, okay, and, and try to educate and, and advertise and, and promote as much as we can. Um, you know, like I said in our weights class, I do a study hall, we try to grade, monitor as much as we can for those guys to finish strong, okay. Strength and conditioning, uh, recovery is, is, is the fundamental focus, which is right after the season. And then our, we want to start setting preliminary goals for next season. My coaches, this is probably one of the biggest times for them in terms of off-season development for them personally. Okay, We're going to do equipment inventory, right? That's one thing we always are going to do. We're going to have our final staff meeting. Okay, um, I, you know, I used to be somebody that believed in a lot of staff meetings. I've kind of gone the other way now where we don't do as many unless we need to. But one that's always important is the final one. And that's where we kind of discuss the end of the season, put together the plan for the banquet, we put together the plan for their personal development and where we're gonna go for the off season, okay? Um, player evaluation, uh, or excuse me, back up one, coach exit interviews, okay? We're gonna do those. I do coach exit interviews every year, 
Okay, and something that I've been you know been looking at doing even more is having multiple times a year where I touch base with a coach one on one. And I think as a head coach, if you can do that, that's great. I know our time is hard, but if you could touch base with them, you know, before the summer, before the season, and at the end of the season, I think that's great. And it doesn't. Sometimes that gets hard to do when you're getting prepared, but we will always have the exit interview at the end of the season. I block time out for that. Now with the, with the uh, advent of Zoom being such a pri uh, big thing that we do uh, in our everyday life, okay, we can do those meetings on Zoom. And I go through the coaches' uh, evaluation, and I, I try to give them you know, feedback on where they're at and, and get feedback from them where, where they see themselves. Okay? We do a player evaluation. We evaluate every returning player in our program. Our freshman coaches will do the freshmen, and our varsity and JV coaches will do the guys that are older. I don't evaluate the seniors at that point. They're graduated. Uh, some of my coaches do anyways, and if they want to, they can. Um, but at that point, you know, we're, we're on to next year. Um, and then as a head coach, I create a, a next year's calendar. I lay, and I think this is one of the most important things you can do as a head coach. Lay everything out for your coaches and get it to them as early as possible. My coaches will have the calendar for the entire year by the second, at the latest, third week of January. We'll have our, our you know, first staff meeting of the year during that time frame. So I lay everything out for them. Okay, I think it's important so they can plan vacations, family time. Wives can know what's going on so wives are, are, are not in the dark about things. Okay, You have a duty. It's your responsibility as a head coach to lay everything out for coaches and players. Okay, um, I, I go through our head coach checklist for that time frame, and I meet with our strength coach again and develop our plan for next year. Right? So here's our head coach checklist. Um, you know, I have one for every month of the year. I'm going to focus this on uh, for, for this one right here because this is really where I sit down and kind of go through this. And, 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 and that's a, a thing that I need to look at every year at the end of the year. You know, December, what do I need to have done? January, this keeps me organized. You know, if you, you know, you can create one for, and I got one for every month of the year. Some months are really filled up, some months are not. And this is something I go back through and add stuff, take stuff away, go through and say, hey, I did that, I didn't do that. What can I delegate? All right, and this is a, a plan of action for you to look at. And, you know, this is, again, from December through March, and you can do this for the whole year if you want to. But this is one that I really look at because this is where a lot of my administrative stuff happens. I try to get all of that done as early as possible near as I can. And, th and this is a, a big part to that, staying organized, okay? Um, here's our senior exit interview, okay? As it says down there, I now send this out on, in Google Form to our seniors. I think that's a really big deal. Um, and... Uh, you know, some things we ask them, what was the best part of, of your football experience? Okay, you know, if you were given the head job tomorrow for our program, what would you change and what would you keep the same? <clears throat> Do you believe that football um, coaches and program intentionally taught life lessons? All right? What are some personal goals that you feel you've achieved? What are some personal goals that you feel you didn't achieve? Okay, I want to know how they feel about our program. And the great thing about this is I can get honest feedback. Now, I have had seniors who were very upset that they weren't a part of the team that they wanted to be give me one end of feedback, and some guys that are uh, very excited about where they were when it was all done give me the other ends of the feedback spectrum. Okay, What I'm looking for is trends and things that are happening in the middle. Okay, Because if I see certain things continually coming up as something good or bad, okay, then I need to address that or continue to do that. Right? For example, uh, my first couple years here, we did a... a overnight lock-in here at our field house and um, there's probably a lot of reasons why it wasn't a fan favorite thing that you know at the time probably wasn't where we wanted it to be um, but many kids for two or three years said coach this is this is not something that was fun this is we didn't get anything out of it so we scrapped it and and you know we may go back to it we may look at a change in it we've had some ideas on that but you know we listened to those seniors because two years in a row senior exit interviews was not something that they liked okay 
Um, so if you're not doing this, this is something that I've gotten a lot of great feedback from our players, our coaches, and our, our parents in our program. But senior exit interviews really gives you an honest answer back. Okay. Um, Obviously, everybody has a prospect list that they send out, but this is one of those things, an example of ours. I've blacked out the names and the addresses, obviously, of, of those individuals, but we send this out and, and, again, promote our guys. And this is going out two or three times throughout the year, but we really make sure this goes out again, okay? <laughs> one thing, uh, you know, I'm really a big believer in tracking our GPA. This is the form that I use to do that. I track our, our term GPA and our cumulative GPA as a program, and I track it by class. Okay, and we have a goal. One of our goals is to have a team GPA of 2.8 or higher. All right, um, and, and we can see if we meet that. Now, this this one you're seeing on screen was from a few years back, um, and um, you know we have really hit our, our goals the last few years. But we look and we can see who's not getting it done in the classroom, who is, who's going to be a problem for NCAA eligibility, who's who's a kid that might be a problem for being eligible for our own season next year, okay? Um, and then, you know, if we have a goal of having a program GPA of, of certain, we want to be able to show the kids what that looks like. And then I take that information, I tweet it out, put it out on social media. Those are all important things that we look at, okay? And so we're going to heavily look at academics during this time frame. Okay, here's our assistant coach self-performance evaluation, all right? Um, as you can see, this is the, the Google form. I used to do this on a, a sheet of paper, um, but I send this out to our coaches right when the season's end. I give them a month to get this in. Um, and then after they get this in, they schedule their, their uh, meeting with me, their exit meeting. Okay? And I don't do exit meetings right at the end of the season. I used to. Um, and then I don't wait too long to do them either. I, the kind of the sweet spot is, is kind of right after Christmas, right before that first staff meeting, if we can do it. And I, I believe that's important for two reasons. Right after the season, emotions are high, people are tired, I believe, giving them some time away. And then they have some opportunity to really think about where they're at and, and, and things they want to bring up, good or bad, to me in that meeting. Okay, gives me a time to reflect on the season as well. So you can see, I'm not going to go through all of this, but they can rate themselves in certain areas. You know, whether they need improvement or they feel they were excellent on it. You find guys are either too hard on themselves or they're giving themselves way too much credit. Okay, um, and those are what what that does more than anything. The ranking system, for me, if I don't agree with something, it becomes a topic of conversation in our exit meeting. Okay, it doesn't necessarily need to be, it could be a, 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 you know, somebody puts needs improvement and I think that they're excellent at it. Now, why do you see yourself there and where can I help you? Or, or even on the other side of that is, hey, I'm excellent at something and, and you're really not. Let's have that conversation. Okay, and it helps you build that paper trail of, of how you're developing your coaches, right? And then I got some questions in there, you know, what was their biggest disappointment, their biggest accomplishment, things that were good and bad. Um, and then, you know, what do they need from me as a coach, where they want to grow, what's their goals? I think it's important to know who, who wants to be a coordinator, who wants to be a head coach on your staff, who wants to just be what they're doing still, and they're good with that, right? And so, again, all of that is there. And then an anonymous, well, not an anonymous way, but a, a, a private way for them to let me know if they feel like coming back or not next year, okay? So I send all this out to them. They can knock it out in five minutes. It's really, you know, probably more on my end of going through and looking at it than it is on theirs. Um, you know, and then another thing, you know, like I said, we send this out to, to the, you know, the seniors, a similar thing. Um, we also send out a, a evaluation to our, our current players, and I don't have that pulled up here, but they give us kind of a survey where they feel they're at and where they need to grow at the end of the year as well while it's still fresh, okay? Um, this I do have the coaches do on paper. All right, I have them fill this out on the very first staff meeting in January. I'll give each coach this, each position coach this, and this is just – uh, postseason report, and this is just basically them looking at a global view at their 
not individually, but looking at a global view of their position, okay, and where they're at athletically, skill-wise, what do they feel that they need in terms of equipment or technology, okay, where do they feel they're going to be in terms of our team next year, okay, and then they kind of put together a depth chart for me so we know where we're at going into the offseason, all right, and I get those collected right away after the, the end of the uh, meeting. Okay, then we evaluate our players. So I send this out to all of our coaches. This is our player evaluation rubric, okay? And um, it's something I've got from another coach and modified it and put some things into to our terminology. But basically, right, we have a, a rating system, one being poor and, and five being the best. And then we have a rubric down there. We have what we're trying to grade and measure, all right, and, and what that criteria looks like on if they meet it or not in the one to five scale, okay? You guys can go ahead and read that. I won't go through that all, but we use this matrix. So I send this out to our coaches and then use a Google form as well. And then I send this out to our, this is for the varsity and the JV, but the freshmen get one as well. It's a little bit different than this one, but it's, it's mainly the same. The only reason I keep them separate is because I want to keep the freshman kids separate from the JV kids. And then and the varsity kids. And we're also asking a couple different questions on the varsity uh, and JV one versus the freshman one, okay? And so you can see, you know, player name, what grade they're in, all right, who's evaluating them, where their height and weight is, all right, um, what's their primary position, okay? And then this is a real quick rating deal. Like, you know, uh, what's the player's attitude and approach and practice? Is it a one or is it a five? And then they can go back to this right here and look at what, what are we looking at for that? Um, criteria is the player positive and productive and coachable. If that player doesn't meet that, maybe he's a one. Okay, so that those are some of the character skills that they evaluate, and then they evaluate the athletic skills there at the bottom. Okay, uh, again, coaches go through, click that, and, and be done pretty quick. And my own line coach loves it because he doesn't have to sit there and handwrite, you know, twenty different dudes. And the DB coach loves it for the same reason, right? And then they can go through and, and put some some comments in there for those kids. So we get all those done, we collect them. I look at those personally. Okay, if there's a big thing we need to talk about, I will. Um, but really, more anything is for our coaches to start thinking about who the kids are that they have coming back and what they need to do to get them better. And then for me, it's to see where those kids are. And then I use this, and I will give this to our kids or portions of this to our kids so that uh, in the offseason so they know what they need to work on going into the summer. Okay, All right, so here's what January looks like. Okay, it's really nothing special. We're getting back into school, okay, going to the AFCA convention if we can go. We're starting our lifting program at this time. Okay, um, even though it doesn't say that on there, that's what we're, you know, really the main focus is of what we're doing, okay? And then we always have a full staff meeting in January, either the, the, the second to last week or the very last week of January, okay? And then this is our, um, our annual plan for our performance and strength training, okay? And again, I'm not going to go through every little thing that this is, but it's more to illustrate that we have a plan. I sit down with our strength coach, you know, uh, we do one time right before we go on break. We do one time after break, and then we touch base right uh, the first week of school with the kids, make sure we're good. Are we going to baseline max? Are we not? We go for each week of the year, okay? And, and you know, then we're looking at, okay, what's, what's our goals during that phase, okay? How long is it? How many workouts do we have, all right? What's our set rep scheme, okay? What, what are all those different things we're trying to get done, all right? And then you can see, are we more strength? Are we more power? When are we incorporating speed and agility? Okay, and then it's also important to go through and look at, like, hey, we're going to have summer team camp this week. Well, maybe we don't need to do certain things. Or this is when we're in summer, okay? How are we building up to that? So having a backwards plan. I'm sure everybody does that. Or if, if you're not doing that, but the, the goal of showing you this is that we have a plan of how we're going to do it. And we're going to fit all those things into how we're doing everything else, okay? And then... As you can see, that's that's through the end of the year and, and planning those same type of things, okay? 
right? And then this is what it results into. This was our, our first phase workouts for, you know, what we just got done through with our, with our kids. And um, so we, uh, we basically looked at this and, and we hang this on every rack in our weight room and we have a Monday workout, Tuesday workout, Thursday, right? Same thing everybody else has done. And one thing I'll tell you is if you're still printing workouts out for kids and, you know, I would just, you know, think about doing it differently. We were doing that forever. We print this stuff off now, hang it on the rack with a percentage chart and all the kids know what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and, and it flows through pretty quickly. If you're lucky enough to, to get rack performance or any of those type of technology things, that's even better, okay? Um, this is the uh, Ultimate Teammate Program, or this is an example of one of the lessons from that, okay, where uh, we talk about taking charge of your choices. And again, like I said, we've followed this to a T before in the offseason. Sometimes we've taken bits and pieces of it. This depends kind of where we're at culturally and the type of kids we have in our program. Um, but well, basically, it's, it's uh, you know, a, a course book that Jeff Jansen from, um, if you've heard of him, he's a character performance coach, and we've, we've taken some of the curriculum he has and modified it and used some of those things and, um, you know, gone through and talked about certain life lessons, and then the kids do this worksheet, and we do that a lot with my kids in our first hour weight class, and um, especially early in the year when we have a little bit more time to do that, okay? And then this right here is a matrix that I put together for our coaches, all right? And this has... Different phases. So for our coaches, we have a self-analysis phase, a research and development phase, okay, and then a staff project or huddle breakdown phase. Basically, okay, what we're doing in this, each phase is, is basically any staff meeting or any focus that we're trying to get done. Now, on here, this is from a few years back because I wanted to show this. We did a lot of meeting. We met a lot as a staff. We met a lot as a, as a unit, uh, offense and defense. And so there's a lot of meetings on there. And we talked about what topics we were going to talk about, what the goals were, what guys needed to have done. It turned in and when the due date was and all that stuff. And, and, and since then, in, in the last couple of years with the pandemic and stuff, I've scaled that back to really the things that we just need to get done. But I still kind of go through our coaches and send this out to them. This is what we're going to do. It's just not as long as that is. But it could be if you want it to be or you had the ability to do that if you were somebody that had a lot of coaches in building and had time to do that. Okay, So just an example of what I send to our coaches so they understand, hey, this is what we're going to go through. This is what we're going to go through in that meeting, okay? And, and, and quite honestly, what I've done more recently is I've, I've opted for more of a one-on-one -on -one basis. So now our, our coaches, will, they'll have their full staff meeting either on Zoom or, or with me in the, in the, uh, you know, for the month. We do one full staff meeting a month in the offseason. And then any meeting we do outside of that is either going to be like me and our D-line coach sitting down talking about our defensive line. So he's getting something out of it, and, and we're being productive. We're not going to talk globally, okay? Our offensive coordinator might meet with our receivers coach and go over things again so it's productive and they're getting something out of it, okay? All right, quarter two, February through March, okay? Um, here's our goals. Again, weight room is the main focus. Continue our strength program. We're starting to build an accountability point system competition that we kind of do. Um, our players start to select leadership and unity council. We begin our morning meetings. We start returning players uh, uh, with spring meetings. So I try to meet with every kid in our program in the springtime. It becomes really hard. Um, so what, what's happened is I try to keep those meetings of three to five minutes of, hey, here's what you're doing well. Here's what you need to get better at. Any questions? Okay? And then I give them their coach's uh, evaluation um, from the, the season so they can see the comments, right? Um, and then we're, we're really actively monitoring academics weekly or on a bi-weekly basis, okay? Coaches, what their goals are is for self-analysis, again, scheme or themselves. They're researching things. What can we do better? 
Okay? We're going to have unit staff meetings or monthly staff meetings or one-on-one -on -one meetings through Zoom. The professional developments, a lot of the clinics and things that are going on. Um, we're going to prep for our spring junior Trojan youth program, which is basically uh, we get the we have a third through eighth grade spring football program for our youth here that, that we are heavily involved in. Okay, and then uh, we are going to be at and be around our rising freshman night. We have a big showcase night for incoming eighth graders uh, that are going to be freshmen the following year. And then we look at our freshman parent night. Okay. Um, so here's what February looks like. Again, this was from a few years back where we were doing a lot of different type of meetings and getting guys together, but you can kind of see how we structured that in February. Again, in March, you can see I'm starting to do player meetings. I tried to uh, do as much of those as I can. I start with the kids in my first hour weight class, and again, it's gotten to the point where it's more of a five-minute, hey, where are you at with things? Here's where you need to be. All right, any questions type of stuff, and, and then they can kind of read that on their own, all right? And that takes us uh, through that. Here's, when I do do play, player meetings, okay, here's one uh, tool that I've used in the past. Um, I think it's good if you have a lot more time um, than, than even we start to have now, but again, it's something where you can go through the player evaluation. So they get this from their head, uh, they get an evaluation from their position coach, and they get this from me as the head coach, okay? And again, I have them rate themselves, and then I rate them, and again, if there's uh, a point of discussion, then we can have that here in that rating scale. And then, you know, asking about their goals, asking about their future plans, again, and knowing who your players are. Here's a goal sheet. We do goal setting all the time. That's been the focus of our offseason this year. Here's a sheet that we've used in the past where we're trying to teach them, hey, you know, here's what you're trying to accomplish, but how do you get that done? It's more about the how or what are the little steps you're going to do to get there. We try to have a strength goal, a football goal, and an academic goal as much as possible. Okay. Here's our player accountability point system. You know, I'm big on doing these accountability competitions and challenges. All right. And, and what I try to do in, in, in the January to, to May timeframe when kids are playing multiple sports, we don't necessarily have all of our team together lifting. We have kind of our top 60 guys in our weights class, right? I try to, you know, put something like this together where kids are, are, you know, being rewarded for being at stuff and, 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 and not for others and, you know, the winners get maybe a t-shirt or something when it's all said and done and this is more of a personal thing and sometimes we've done team competitions we do a big one in the summer but this is uh, one that we do that's um, you know kind of a big deal on, on that end then we start our leadership council training this is open to all seniors and juniors on a voluntary basis okay I always kind of highly suggest a certain kid to be there um, and then I want to see who's really motivated to be a leader for us. And so we kind of meet weekly or bi-weekly. I try to get six to ten meetings in. This is where we're just talking about being a, you know, a leader. Now here's the one caveat. If kids want to be on our leadership council or be a team, you know, we don't call them team captains, but basically be on our leadership council, they have to make 85% of these scheduled meetings okay, to even move on to our summer leadership council. All right, and then we pick our summer or our fall leadership council from the guys that we that made eighty five percent of our summer leadership council. So you know, it's not just show up when you want; like you got to show some commitment as well. And so the focus during this time is: what does it mean to be a leader? Team captain course by Jeff Jansen, and we and we will do a book study here and there. Okay, quarter three, April through May. All right, our goals again as a team: weight room and running program. All right, uh, we start doing some philanthropy events. We're big on being engaged in the community here. Uh, returning player and parent meetings start to get people starting to think a little bit more about football in the summertime. All right, we're going to continue our leadership council meetings, continue our accountability system where kids are being rewarded for academics, for grades, or excuse me, for academics, for attendance, for the things they're doing in the weight room, be playing another sport. Okay, spring development. Um, we do a veteran spring mini camp, so all returning players, and then we do a rookie mini camp, all incoming freshmen in May. All right. 
Uh, coaches, what their focus is, is this is a staff project phase. Maybe we're putting together playbooks. Maybe we're putting together installs, whatever it is. Uh, we finish up our spring youth program. We develop a plan for our summer padded camp, make sure we have installs ready, any playbook updates, and then we're going to coach at our incoming freshman camp and our veteran spring camp. Okay? So again, you can see here's April. This was from this year, kind of some of the things that we're involved in here. You can see we have our player uh, you know, returning player meeting where we volunteer at, the, at our track meet to, to help out coach with that. Okay. In May, you can see things start to amp up. We're having more staff meetings. We're having more, uh, you know, mini camps and things like that for the kids. And then that takes us, um, again, our, our rookie spring mini camp. This is, I tell the, the, the freshmen, this is all about introducing you to Trojan football culture, you know, weight room expectations. Okay. Uh, basically, our schedule, we keep it really loose. This is, you know, we're not trying to get the kids to understand everything we do offensively and defensively at the end of the year. Okay, what we're doing is we're trying to go through and get them excited about being here. So Monday, they're going to do offense. Tuesday, they're going to do defense. Wednesday's kicking game and review. And Thursday, they're going to be in the weight room and, sh and show some competition. Okay. And then uh, veteran spring mini camp. Okay, we, we've opted to do this. This is a six-day non-padded camp. Last two weeks of school uh, for all of our returning players, our guys that are running state track, they go run state track. We don't worry about it. Okay, our goals um, for this is get players thinking about football again, adding in the newcomers that moved into the mix, prepare and teach our base install for our 10-day padded camp, dedicate time for individual position work and techniques, establish practice expectations, and incorporate some competition. We do a two-day rolling install, so offense and defense, we keep it really trimmed down. It's simple, okay, for that time frame. We limit the concepts we're going to teach. We try to get good at those, and, and we do two to three plays and maybe a gap day or a zone day or a one high day or two high day, whatever the case may be, and we roll through that three times by the end of the, that six days, okay? And so this brings us to the final quarter, our fourth quarter, of June through August. We call this our Trojan Tough Summer Program. We, you know, everything in the summer is about being Trojan Tough. Trojan Tough, that's what we sell the kids on, okay? We, we talk about what that means, and, and again, this is where we build our toughness. And I really believe that high school coaching is, like, different than college coaching in that it's flipped, right? In, in college coaching, your springtime is where you're doing a lot of the things that we're going to do in the summer because you got your guys in the semester. In the college time, once those guys go away, once summer hits, like you're limited. You don't see them, right? They're just with the strength coach if they're around. Whereas for us, I don't, you don't, you know, we see our guys in the weight room and, and we have the class and we do those things, but like getting our whole team together doesn't really happen until the summer. So that's where we kind of flip it and some of the things we do in the summer versus some of the things that maybe we would do in the spring, right? So, Team, team four, quarter, uh, quarter four, team goals, right? So, again, weight room, we're going to be running more. We're in our power phase and our max speed development phase, okay? We're going to really continue some philanthropy events. I'll go over some of the things we do here in a second. We're going to be introducing scheme and drills through our 10-day camp, okay? We're going to introduce competition. We have an accountability competition that we do. We're going to go to some seven-on-seven. Seven. We have the lineman challenges, okay? We're our preseason install camp. We're continuing our summer leadership, and then we're preparing for our upcoming season as coaches. This is where we're doing some player eval. We're starting to work on film for the for the fall time with first couple opponents, okay, and evaluating our skill. All right, so you can see here's what June looks like for us. It's it starts hard and it keeps and it keeps going. Right, we're four days a week in the summer after our 10 day camp there at the start of June. All right, and I'll talk a little bit about what that looks like here in a minute. You can see what July looks like, okay. And then here's August, right? And August, you know, we, we, we're always going to give the kids 4th of July off. We always try to give them the week before school's off. And then we have our mini camp, which really, the goal of the mini camp is to make sure everybody's back in town. 
The goal of minicamp is to make sure everybody's done with vacations. We're here. We can get paperwork in, okay? And we're going to do max testing. We can check gear out, right? Then we get started, all right? And then our summer leadership council training, all right, again, only open to the players that made 85% in the spring leadership. We meet weekly after workouts for a total of eight times. Players need to make 85% of scheduled meetings to be considered for leadership council voting ballot in the fall. We just, you know, what we're doing, we're doing our program core values, talking about our upcoming season. We go through the championship culture course for Jeff Jansen, and maybe we're doing a book study, okay? All right, here's our philanthropy events. This is, again, from a few years ago before all the COVID stuff hit, and now we're, we're, we're building back up to getting this involved again. But, you know, we do stuff in, with the Special Olympics in May. Our kids are out there volunteering their time in their uniforms. Okay, we're a big veteran community. We're doing stuff for the Veterans Fair. There's a big festival in, in, in Labor Day and the Fall Festival. Our freshmen set up and our varsity guys walk the parade, right? Just some different things. I really believe that you got to get your kids involved when it comes to uh, the community, especially if you have the ability, like we do as a one high school town, to be the biggest show in town and really give back where we can, okay? All right, our Trojan Tough summer program. This is a little bit more specific about what it looks like in the summer, all right? We, here's the big things we got. We got summer padded 10-day camp. We do strength and conditioning um, and football OTAs, okay? Our strength and conditioning is four days a week for six weeks, okay? And, and basically two days of week is really dedicated to football, all right, we're going to hit some seven-on-seven seven tournaments. I'm not a big, let's do a bunch of seven-on-seven seven leagues, okay? I got, um, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, Broncos host one. We're going to do a local college one, and we're going to host our own, and we're out, okay? We're going to do some lineman challenges and camps. Broncos host one, okay, Columbine High School up the road host one, and we host our own, okay? And then we do our mini camp, all right? So our padded camp, you know, we treat it like college spring ball, all right? It's the first two weeks of summer. We start off right out of the, uh, out of the gate, and we do that for a lot of reasons, um, you know, we always try to have a scrimmage in there somewhere as well, okay? And then here's kind of what our summer program weekly schedule looks like after the padded camp, okay? Monday, we keep it to about, you know, two hours. We're going to lift, we're going to run, we do something called perfect sprints where we have to get 15 perfect 10-yard sprints, and then we talk about our core values at the end and we're out, all right? Tuesday and Wednesday are really similar. They're about three hours in total. We start off, we do football OTAs in the morning for about an hour. That's because I can get all my coaches there in the morning because I got a lot of coaches that leave and go to work by 8 o'clock, okay? So we go about an hour. That's what we're doing installs. We're doing work, okay, uh, on, on, our, on getting our bank reps and doing those things we, you know, that, that we talk about with the kids, all right? And that's Tuesday and Wednesday. And then we'll lift and run afterwards, okay? A little bit lighter lifting and running days because we did a lot of football that day. And then Thursday, similar to Monday, we lift, we run, and that's our competition Thursday for our Trojan Tough competition, okay? And then our Trojan Tough, uh, you know, strength and conditioning, you know, I'm sure everybody does kind of their own things, but just kind of what we do, right, Monday through Thursday, you know, we go 6 a.m. in the morning, we get them up early, we, we, we sell them on that, kids, you know, at first they're kind of, you know, oh, him and Han about it, but then they really buy into what that's all about, okay, and obviously there's our goals of, of developing physically and mental toughness and leadership and football prep, okay, we always do our testing at minicamp, right, our core lifts, clean squat and bench, we look at a team average and see where we're at, you know, and then we're going to test them in, in fly 10s, fly 20s. We don't do 40s anymore, okay, for a lot of reasons. Standing long jump, vertical jump, okay, per row agility. And then we always do this conditioning test, a 300-yard shuttle. they got to complete it twice, and that's kind of a caveat for our kids to be there, and I'll explain that here in a second, right? Our strength program design, I'm sure everybody kind of does it differently. We have two strength coaches. They're the ones who design it. Incoming freshman year, 
You know, we're, we're focused on movement patterns. We're not going to put bars on their back until they're ready for it. So all summer, they're doing things that are, are movement-based. They won't put weight-loaded stuff on until later, right? And the movement patterns that we always train are right there, right? Squat, hinge, horizontal push, pull, right? Those types of things. I'm not going to go through all that because it's not really a strength clinic, but I want you to kind of know what we're doing there. But we talk about our progressions more than anything. We're going to always go body weight. Then we're going to load with, with kettlebells or dumbbells first, and then we go to barbell, okay? And then obviously we're doing more speed stuff at that time. And then obviously here's kind of what our freshmen are doing as we're talking about that. We're going to do a general fitness test with them. And then we lift our freshmen during the, the, during the season. They're not in my athletic weights class until their spring of their freshman year. So during the season, they have two days a week where they're lifting. And it's just a progression throughout that four-year time of them eventually getting to the barbell lifts and the lifts that generate most power. Okay? And then here's kind of the expectations we lay out for the kids in the summer. Be on time. Be here. Okay? We, you know, one thing that our kids really, you know, we probably have 90 to 100 of our kids here 85% of the time or more. And I think that that's, that's an important thing in the summertime for the success we've had. We don't, no, no green or purple, which is our rival colors, and our kids really take a lot of pride in that. The kids police that more than I do, okay? Um, and then we just tell them about communicating. We know kids are going on college visits, know we're going on vacations, okay? Just let us know. We always want them to be intense, compete, and do their job when they're here, okay? And then, you know, something we talk about is our Club 85, all right? This is for any kid in the program, and I think this is great if you're not doing something like this already. Okay, this because because all a kid has to do is show up, and 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 that's the first thing, right? So all Club 85 is is it's an incentive program for who's committed in the summer. No one's punished, no one's penalized, but basically any kid that makes 85% more attendance in the summer for us basically gets awarded these these things here. Um, and, and this, you know, we have 34 opportunities in the summer with our padded camp and our weights. Kids can miss five essentially and still make this, right? I know stuff happens and. And I think it's important that we make sure that we also are forgiving on some of that stuff too. But basically, our 85% club winners get a t-shirt. You'll see our kids, they wear them around. Every year I get a different color. They wear them around. They love wearing them around. Okay? They're, you know, they get the first to receive their gear, which is a big deal. And they're also first to select their game jersey, right? No matter what level they're at. Freshmen, they'll all select that stuff first before the guys who didn't make 85%. And then... Um, our JV and varsity guys, they only have to run half of the 300-yard conditioning test if they make 85%. Um, make every freshman do it once, and then it's really funny how much guys come to 85% after that because they never want to do that again. All right, so Club 85 has been good for us. It's really promoted what our program's all about, a hard work, and, and again, showing up and being there. Then you have some kids who aren't going to be in the fall time really dedicated to being on the field, maybe because they're not as good. Well, you can show that, that they were somebody that did really good in, in the summertime, okay? All right, so then we move on to uh, the kind of one of the big things that we really try to do in the summertime is our, our summer team competition. And this is kind of how we break it down. Um, and we've modified this over the years. Uh, the, you know, there's, there's a lot on there. Um, I've actually kind of pared it down, but I wanted to give you guys kind of some things that you can look at. Um, but basically, from <clears throat> the time that padded camp's over to the time we start, we give the kids points for everything. We break them up into teams. We do a draft. Those kids that are wanting to be leadership council kids for us, we make them the team captains. They draft everybody, and then we assign freshmen to them. And then <laughs> the other thing is, is we, you know, we have kids that won't be around for a couple weeks or whatever. Well, we take them off the team so they don't hurt the other kids that are on the team. And, you know, they have to be there for a full week before they get put on to a, to a team again. So, you know, um, you know, it's one of those things where uh, we make the captains, they draft, they're, and they're not just drafting on athletic ability. That's part of the competition. The other thing is attendance. The other thing is who's going to be involved in you know, community service, okay? who's, who's going to do all the things the right way. So as you can see, 
you know, they're getting points for everything. And uh, the team captain is usually like a leadership council kid. The lieutenant, second command is maybe a junior or somebody that we want to be a leader. And then here's kind of some of the things. So, you know, they're going to draft kids. They're going to come up with a team name that's school appropriate, right? And then they're going to make their own Twitter or Instagram account. Um, and then they're going to, that's going to be their team. And they're going to do, you know, post stuff about their team on there. And um, they're going to make a, a list or put together a Snapchat or a group chat of everybody in their group so they can get a hold of each other about being at practice and making sure. And we make kids, if they're not going to be there, not only check in with the coach, but they got to check in with their, their leadership council member of why they're not going to be there, et cetera. So again, building some accountability, but also some competition to it. Okay. Um, we break them up into groups just like this. Again, you can see some of the names that they've picked there. I'm sure a lot of people do something similar, but we really believe that this is a big part to the things that we do as, as a program and building toughness, accountability, and, and, and those things, okay? And then I put together a team competition schedule, right? We have, you know, six, five or six weeks on a Thursday where we're going to go do a, a physical competition. We have a, kind of a rotation I'll show here in a second um, that the kids go through and we pair them up and so the kids know who they're going against as soon as we make the teams. And then the very last week of summer we have a, a – or the very last two weeks, we have a playoff. We have, you know, a play, see, a championship bracket, a middle bracket, and a loser's bracket. Um, and so here's kind of what our uh, physical competition looks like on a Thursday. Uh, we have, you know, four to five stations. Um, we have mat drill, which is a traditional mat drill. That, that's the only one that doesn't count towards, you know, um, points. They're basically just going. It's a grind session, and they're, and they're getting after it. Um, we have three-cone drill where they're doing basically the three-cone L drill. We add different things to that where they got to push a sled through the three-cone drill or flip a tire through the three-cone drill, or they got to pick up a tennis ball and hand it back and try to get creative with that. We do a tire tug of war um, where the kids get a tire and they got to do a tug of war and, and they get points for that. Um, we do a four-corner drill, which is basically just a, a box drill. Again, we add stuff to that where they got to push sleds or they got to maybe do it uh, with a plate on the ground or, or whatever the case may be. We have agility bags where they're going to go through the agility bags and we have the coaches come up with a couple of different sequences where they have to do some different things. Um, and again, this is all relay race style. They go through it um, and, and it's four or five minutes, uh, a continuous effort to try to get as many as they can in. And if there's a tie at the end of the, of the four or five minutes, then we have a best guy versus best guy goes one time through and the, that's the tiebreaker, right? And so they earn points for this. And then at the end of the, the Thursday competition, we add up the points. Whichever team won the most of these events, right, is the winner of the day. Um, and then uh, the team that got the most points gets, we have a, a boxing ringside bell that we got. It's this Trojan Tough on it, and the team gets their picture taken with the, the boxing bell. And then those winners at the end of the year, we do an overall winner. So we have weekly winners, and we have an overall winner at the end of the summer. Those kids will receive a T-shirt that says Trojan Tough on it um, for being the Trojan Tough winners, and they also get their names on the back of the, of the boxing bell, right? So this is kind of the physical part to it, but they're also getting points for attendance and community service, et cetera. In fact, we, we weight the points higher for those, right? So we get more kids involved in, in a team that maybe is not built to do really well physically in these competitions can still have a chance to win, right? So like our community service stuff is worth, you know, like 10 points a kid, whereas winning one of these competitions is only two points where you, so you can win eight points in a day off of that, right? So, um, 
you know, again, trying to encourage kids to be engaged all the way through. And you'll see some kids, they'll calculate their points. We've had teams win because they did the most community service versus winning the most, um, you know, physical challenges. All right, and again, that is exactly what I'm saying. There's the, how we calculate the total points. I do this on a weekly basis. I update it like every Wednesday or, or Monday or whatever, and I tell them, you know, I'm only going to update it once. This is where we're at. The last couple weeks is we're getting close to the, the overall winner and the playoffs are done and all that stuff. I look at that, and, and, and then again, I'm, I'm updating it a little bit more. I'll text it out, send it out so the kids know where they're at. Then we have our preseason mini camp, and again, that's just a week before official practices, max testing. Really, the goal is to do all the administrative stuff during that. We're making an excuse for them to be here for football, which we're going to get some work accomplished, get some things taught, all right? But really, it's getting kids back in town, okay, and complete the necessary paperwork, right? And then one of the last things I want to kind of cover here is one thing I think is, is crucial. I, I've told you, you know, that we used to do a lot of meetings in the offseason, and, and, I, and, I, and I still do a staff meeting a month in the offseason. Um, whether that's Zoom or in person, just to touch base. Those meetings have gotten shorter, and then I leave it to my offensive coordinator or myself to do any one-on-one or group meetings we need to do to what we, where we're at. Um, but one thing that is highly essential and mandatory for all of my coaches is we will have a preseason coaches meeting. And we're going to do that in uh, usually that time frame of preseason minicamp right after we check gear out. I tell them it's a full-day thing. I let them know in January, like I talked about at the start of this, where they're going to let their wives know. Coach is going to, you know, we're going to be there till he's done. It's going to be long. We're going to go through stuff. It's one of those where I just tell him I, I'm, I'm not going to apologize for what we're going to, for it being long. Like, expect it to be long. I'll get food brought in. It is what it is. And we're going to go through some things. And it's required for all coaches. If they can't be there, it better be a darn good reason or they better find somewhere else to, to coach is what I tell them. And so the items that we cover, we go through our coach's handbook. And the coach's handbooks that I have, uh, you know, again, it's long. But everything's spelled out, okay, of, of what we expect expectations, weekly schedule, what that looks like for game planning, you know, what it looks like for huddle, expectations, breakdown. Okay, practice structure, one thing that I think is essential is we're going to go walk through what practice looks like. Like, we're going to do a coach's walkthrough through practice. Like, what does walkthrough mean? Like, where should you stand? What does dynamic stretch look like? Where are you going to be at? When we're getting kids out of the locker room, what does that look like, okay? We talk about off-the-field duties, special teams, and we're going to go through scheme and installation if they're not done at that point. Okay. So my final thoughts on this, you got to have a plan for both coaches and players. Create a calendar immediately after the previous season and put down as much as you can and let them know it may change. But the things that you could put in stone that you have control over, do that. Okay. Give your coaches and players themes to focus on throughout the year. So each quarter that we've gone through, I usually get a theme. Like every year, the first quarter is discipline. And we're always going to talk about discipline. Okay. Um, and, and being the first thing. So everything's a theme about being disciplined, doing things the right way, okay? You know, quarter two might be energy or might be uh, accountability, whatever it is you want to be, make that a theme. Uh, you get what you emphasize. If you emphasize too much, you get nothing. And if you emphasize not enough, you're going to get um, you know, that just that, not enough. So make sure you get what you emphasize. Emphasize things in, in a way that um, coaches and players both know it's important. And if done right, off-season program can help you close the gap on your performance, skills, culture, and team success, right? And I think, like I said at the start of this, you know, you get seven to eight months in the off season. I think that it's really crucial that you do things to set your guys up for success in the fall um, by what you do, but, you know, January to the end of July, all right? So, again, there's my contact information. If you guys ever need anything from me, you're always welcome here at Foundful Cars. Nice, please shoot me an email. If you want any of the things that are on here specifically, let me know. I'll be glad to share with you. You want to Zoom, okay? You want to get in contact, you want to come watch Anything we do in the summer or, or whatnot, let me know. Be glad to have you guys. Again, thank to 
Chief Pigskin and Nate and the guys that uh, are out here filming and, and giving me the opportunity to speak here.